Hi everyone and welcome to the Parma Podcast. This is James Prescott here, your host. I'm really excited to be with you today. We are back in the series that I've been doing for quite a while now. Um, uh, questions we don't ask or questions of faith. It can be either of those. Um, yeah, a series of questions that I wrote down last year that's still growing um, about my spiritual journey, about faith, about what it all means. Um, and I figured it might be a good thing to do to um, chat to some friends, chat to people I know, chat to people who are on this kind of journey and just ask these questions and talk about, you know, talk about them and, you know, maybe come up with some answers, but not come up with a final answer. Just just explore and see where it goes. And um, so that's what I've been doing. We've already had a few episodes in this series. We've got more to come after this one. Um, today, um, I've got my friend Daniel Skillman with me. Hello, Daniel. Hello, James. Good to be here. Um, Daniel is a guy that I've encountered on Facebook for, I don't know how long now. It must be at least a year. Um, well, yeah, maybe maybe a bit longer than that. Uh, two, two or even as many as three. Yeah, uh, possibly. But, yeah. yeah. It was definitely before Trump got elected. So... Um, that's at least a year, um, probably more than oh, that. Oh, no. Do you think that's how we're going to reckon time from here on out? Oh, we're going to have not. before Trump and after Trump? What do BT, you think? BT-80, yeah. I hope not. I really hope not. Um, well, with, with all the saber rattling with uh, places like North Korea and, you know, the threat of uh, uh, t- terrifying war, who knows? <laughs> it might be him. Yes, I know. That's quite terrifying, isn't it? Um, yes. <laughs> Um, but Daniel, I just thought we'd dive, but you know, the, you don't want to dive into these things. You want to take your time. You want to ease in with easy topics yeah, and that's everybody it. Nice agrees easy on topics. It. Yeah, Donald Trump. Yeah, that's that's not a divisive topic at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but Daniel is uh, Daniel is one of the um, widest. He won't like me saying this, but um, he posts some of the widest stuff I've seen on social media um, about. Um, faith and spirituality and the spiritual journey and about politics as well and um, yeah I had some really good conversations with him on in Facebook comments and I'm a Facebook messenger and stuff and yeah it's been years and we've never this is only the second time we've actually heard each other's voices so um, which is bizarre so <laughs> yes yes um, the new the, we live in a new world right uh, the pen pal has making a big comeback so yeah i'll actually miss written letters i do um i think i think we need to make i think we need to make a movie about someone who um loses all their social media accounts and is forced to write handwritten letters and uh, and discovers the beauty of them again you know because i think we've lost that um i love handwritten letters um but um he says as someone who's kind of addicted to the internet, but anyway, um, um, but that's that's not the topic of today. Um, see, this is what happens when I talk to Daniel. Um, we get carried away, but we actually the question that I had in mind for today, and Daniel doesn't know this, didn't well, hasn't still doesn't know this um, until I'm going to actually say it because I don't know why, but we did we didn't talk about that's how much preparation I do for my podcast, everyone. Um, but uh, was why we believe. Um, we've talked okay. about what we believe and how we believe, um, and so I figured when I when, we, when I talked about those two questions with with my friend Charles, I was started I started to think, well, 
why do we believe? Like, that was the next logical question to ask. Um, so, um, you know, and we've done other episodes of, um, like, what kind of life am I being drawn and led into as well um, in between times? But I wanted to look at this question of why we believe. Why we believe anything. Um, and again, it's not about finding an answer, and we may not stick rigidly to the question, but just start there and see where it goes so what's your kind of first response to that question yeah why do we believe well i would say we believe because we can't help it uh, <clears throat> faith of of almost any sort is not really something that's chosen it's something almost that's foisted upon us by the evidence, Wh whatever that evidence is, whether it's, you know, the hard empirical evidence of the, of the hard sciences, or perhaps it's the emotional evidence that you have in relationships with people. You know, does she love me? Does she not love me? Well, you know, what evidence takes place there? And, and, and then we, we find ourselves discovering what it is that we believe. I don't think that we choose it so much as it is something that happens to us. And I would say that's just as true uh, when it comes to religion as it is to anything else. Uh, mm. You know, why, why, why do I believe, broadly speaking, a, as a Christian? Well, I mean, I was raised in a place where Christianity is the dominant religion, and my parents were Christians, and they mm. took their faith rather seriously, and they taught it to me, and brought me to church and to Sunday school, and uh, over time I started reading the Bible and other Christian literature myself, and, and so I sort of absorbed that, and, you know, I can't pinpoint a day that I came to believe at all, but somehow over time I just found that this is sort of the way that I see the world, and I, I guess I believe it. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I, I, I grew up in, I was taken to church as a a baby basically pretty much um mm -hmm. went to church every sunday i don't remember a time i didn't go to church on sunday pretty much it's just been part of my dna almost from birth you know um it's kind of been and when i was younger it was a place of certainty it was a place of um i can go you know i had a traumatic childhood and um lost a parent and um, well, I lost a parent just after my childhood, but um, mm -hmm. it was a both and, not <laughs> inclusive. Um, and that, yeah, to start with, it was a place of certainty. So that's that's well, that's yeah, and, I, and that's that's again, like you say, it's the it was the lens that I was that I was given to see the world, you know, um, and there wasn't another one that I was given, and um, then it's interesting what you talk about, like. I think our circumstances um, shape what or not what we believe, but why we believe. Um, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I lost I lost a parent when I was twenty three, and at that point, even though I consciously didn't realize it at the time, um, everything that I had believed up to that point about God, the God that I had believed in, was not enough anymore. Um, ah. You know, so in a sense, that's a why. Um, that's why I'm here having this conversation with you uh, and on this kind of journey that I'm on is because um, that happened 
and everything that I'd had up to that point wasn't enough anymore. Um, and you can say that's a how as well. Um, sure. That's a, you know, that's a, that's another whole episode how we believe. Um, but, but it's, that's a, that's a why, because I, you know, I mean, I think when it, there's two different questions, isn't there? There's why we believe period. And then why we believe what we believe. Um, sure. um and I think in terms of the first half of that, I think, I think that's a human thing. That's just, we all want, you know, we're kind of wired to have some kind of meaning and purpose. And for that, we have to believe in something. We have to commit to something. We have to, you know, and that, and like you say, if that's shaped where we, where we're born, you know, if I, if I'd been born in the Middle East, I wouldn't be a Christian, you know. No, you'd, yeah, you'd probably be a Muslim, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. probably. Probably, yeah. Like, and, um, you know, and, you know, so according to some Christians, I'd be going to hell just because of where I was born. You know, um, <laughs> well, I want to be charitable. Um, <laughs> of, of course, it would be because of where you were born, but that's not how they would say it. No, that's you not know, how the, they would say it. No, of course yeah. not. I'm, I'm being polite, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, right. yeah, because of something that I had no control over, you know. Um, well, that yeah, is the way that some christians tell the story isn't yeah. it yeah uh, i mean you you know you were born into a circumstance over which you really do have no control i mean you didn't choose where you were born or or the time you were born or whether you would have christian parents or anything like that but but you start the game just completely damned right that you yeah. there's nothing good that lives in you and your soul full of what they would call sin uh, that God looks upon you with utter disgust, and, and you are just uh, reprobate and uh, destined for hell from uh, from that very moment, unless, until somebody comes to you with some very specific, very clear proclamation of the story of uh, of this. Uh, first century Jewish carpenter who made it big on the preaching scene. Yeah. And then, and then everything hangs on whether or not you will make your decision to be what a believer of him, a follower of him. Uh, but, but until that moment, until somebody comes, you're, you're just a worm and nothing good is in you. And, it, yeah, you know, when yeah. I stop and I, and I think about that, I just say, wow, that's, that doesn't, that just doesn't seem right, does it? No, it doesn't seem right at all. You know, um, the, the, I mean, if you think, if you take it to the extreme, it's like God will, if you, if you take that belief to its, to its like extreme outcome is that God will send somebody to hell because of where they were born. Yeah. Right. With you know, and um, which doesn't make any sense at all. Like no. for like, God creates the universe. So God creates our God creates creates all of us, right? So He kind of yeah. chooses where we get put and where we where we're born and whatever. So God just decided before these people are born that they're going to hell because they're going to get born <laughs> in a country that they're never going to they're going to never going to find out about Jesus. So they're destined for hell as soon as they're before they're even born, like. Is that really the God we believe in? Like, is that really? 
That makes no sense whatsoever of a God of... When you're talking about a God of unconditional love, grace, justice, you know, um, inclusion, um, that kind of thing, um, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Well, that that brings me back around, uh, I think uh, you'll find this happy, uh, that brings me back around to your original question for today, anyway, is why, why do we believe? So why does somebody believe that? Why does somebody believe in that type of God and in that type of way of telling the Christian story? Uh, and yeah. I, th- I think it does go back to, in large part, you know, where you're born, who raised you, and what they raised you with. And so, so there are some people who just started off with that story. And so ironically, they do demonstrate in their own lives that there is some truth to that story that they believe. You know, we are in a way handed our beliefs from a very early age before we even know what they are. And we come to wake up and discover what they are along the way. So, so at least initially, you know, we're not choosing any of this. And, and so, you know, neither are they with their terrible understanding of who God is and what he's like. They didn't exactly choose that either. But, of course, as you grow up and as you your eyes are wider uh, opened and you you now do have some level of if I speak colloquially, I'll call it freedom. Uh, then there are some folks who do seem to say, well, this is just the way it is, and I refuse to investigate any other evidence that might have the you know the, the chance of changing my mind. Mm. And I think it's there that there is some legitimate culpability now, because you know maybe as a child there is no way you were gonna uh, you know you're not gonna object to your parents when you're a seven year old, and and if they're dragging you here or taking you here, you just sort of, you view them almost as God. But when you're a twenty seven year old, mm. you know now. Although you still have all that conditioning behind you, which is difficult to overcome, but still, uh, you do now have more of an ability to say, well, I want to investigate other things. I want to open my mind. I want to see what other people have said on this subject. Mm. And unfortunately, there are those who just simply won't do it. I mean, they just won't look at it. They'll literally stop up their ears and close their eyes and turn around the other way. I I have found that to be... uh, to be a frustrating thing as I experience it with others, say on, you know, social media mm. where, where there is an interchange of ideas and there are uh, most of the folks that I've run into anyway, you know, the, 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 they either get just terribly uncomfortable and kind of clam up or some of them just walk away entirely. When you hit on a subject that is different from what they already came to the table believing. Uh, And then and I find that at work in my own self sometimes, you know, because sometimes I get very comfortable with, you know, I feel like I have kind of this worldview intact. And then I've come to it through, uh, I I think, honestly, by uh, appraising what's been put in front of me. And sometimes I don't want to hear what the other guy has to say either. Mm. And, And that's where I really feel like I need to check myself and ask, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Why why do you believe what you believe right now and why is it so darn important for you to protect it? 
Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Are we so many people like. I mean, we. I think. I think we all like to be right. I. I, I just think there's something in our egos that lo- likes to be right. You know, and no matter yeah. how far yeah. along that progressive line you get, like, like, um, no matter how liberal you get or inclusive you get, there's still something in you that wants to be right. And that wants everyone wants everyone else to agree with you or have to agree with you, and I think that's a that's ego and that's you know that's obviously not healthy when we put that in control of everything, you know. Um, and this is something that I've struggled with because my my spiritual journey is kind of the lens that I've seen things has changed, um, and it changed almost subconsciously without me knowing it. It was I was reading a lot about non-dual thinking, I was reading a lot about um, everything is spiritual, everything belongs, um, non-binary ways of believing, spirit spiral dynamics, and stages of consciousness, and wanting to try and see things differently, and wanting to move beyond the whole, the old binaries um, oh, to yeah. a more transcendent mm-hmm. spirituality, but not just, not a transcendent set of beliefs, but more of a transcendent set of glasses to see the world you know and to see everything not just my faith but to see everything um and and what happened and the the, it's so ironic actually um how this happened it happened um because of two things last year um and neither of them had to do anything to do with faith they um it was there was brexit and there was donald trump um, and you know the the reactions to both of those. I got involved in some discussions on social media before Trump even got elected, and I had friends point out to me that I was, you know, I was getting a bit too, you know. Somebody private messaged me and said, "Look, you're not showing a lot of wisdom here. You're getting caught up in the old kind of." arguments and getting emotional and um you know you're not showing much clarity and stuff and i hadn't seen this and Uh and it was like oh wait a minute it suddenly dawned on me that that um we need to stop treating trump like the enemy like i'm right he's wrong everyone who agrees with him is wrong everyone who agrees with him is this kind of person everyone who supports him is has these kind of characteristics and beliefs and we should just label them blanket label them and attack them and dismiss them and try and force them to believe what we believe and i realize this is what i've been doing with the best of intentions um and and then i wrote a blog post called why jesus um would welcome refugees and eat with Donald Trump. Oh, what a title. That's um, great. <laughs> and, and it was because it was like, uh, it's because I thought, well, yes, Jesus would go and meet the refugees. He would go and wash their feet. He would serve them. He would give them food. He would meet them. He would hang out with them. He would bless them. He would stand alongside them in solidarity. You know, um, but he would also go to the White House and speak to Donald Trump and listen to him and what he had to say and have discussions with him. Um, he wouldn't agree with him, <laughs> probably, yeah. but, um, hopefully. Um, but, um, 
But but that's what and, and I think that's when the shift started to happen. And um and one of my one of our mutual friends, um, who's friends with um um somebody who's written a lot of books, um who's been called a heretic quite a lot. Um used okay. to <laughs> and you probably I'm not gonna say names because I don't I think it's more fun not to say names anyway. Yeah, that's um, all right, yeah. I think we know who we're talking about. But um uh, about he got a text from this guy who, uh, who's, his, who's a friend of his saying that um, how he'd been watching social media and seeing a lot of progressive liberal Christian leaders acting in this immature way to Donald Trump getting elected like, uh, yeah. uh, like so spiritually immature like so binary and, and I, that's, that, that kind of added to this thing that was going on and mm-hmm. so I was kind of reflecting on all of this and something was happening to me right then. And I didn't quite know what to make sense of, how to make sense of it. And then I was sitting with my spiritual director in, um, actually, before I say that, um, we've also, in Britain, we've had, we've now got, we've now got very binary in terms of our politics. We've got our extreme far left leader of the Labour Party who's probably more left-wing than Bernie Sanders, um, like a complete socialist. And our right-wing party, the Conservatives, is going further to the right. And there's this big gaping hole in the middle. Um, (laughs) And I've been, you know, I'm a kind of, you know, centre, centre-left politics, so I'd normally be supporting the Labour Party, but I can't support them. In fact, I actively don't want them to get into power because of the damage that their policies would do. But I don't support the other party either. And so all these binaries have been going on politically, like in my head, and and watching Christians get involved in it, who are progressives as well as the conservatives. Like, and actually, then talking to conservative Christians I know who voted for Trump and wanting to know why, just not attacking them, but just saying, why did you do this? I want to know. I actually want to know. Um, mm-hmm. And hearing their stories. And then I was talking to my spiritual director about all of this. I don't know why. And suddenly it was like, oh, I've changed the way I see everything. Like, because now I was like thinking, I want to hear people's stories who who I don't agree with. And if there's anything I can learn from them, then I'll, I'll learn it from them. And if I disagree with them, I'll disagree with them. But I'm not going to sit in judgment on them and make assumptions about them. Because actually, that's what caused this in the first place. What you had is a bunch of what you had. This is going to be controversial, probably, but for me, look, what the reason that Brexit and Trump happened, particularly Trump, was there a bunch of liberal progressives who believed this, who believed in this binary kind of way, who ignored all these other people, who then like who didn't feel that they had a voice at all. Anyone who was representing their their opinions or their needs or their desires or their whatever their you know their circumstance no one representing them or speaking to them because the liberals people have all gone yeah this is this is the right way to believe this is the right set of beliefs this is the right set of values this is the right set of policies and you you'll agree with us or just go and shut up and they'd forgotten about all these people and donald trump was very clever he just went and spoke to all these people and said i'll listen to you and then these people who didn't even necessarily like him some of them who voted for him, I thought, well, at least he's listening to us, so we'll vote for him. You know, and this binary way of thinking had got, 
was what got us into this mess. And I thought, I don't want to be part of this anymore. And I realised that something had shifted in me that I wasn't part of this anymore. And that I also realised this was going to make me unpopular with probably some progressive liberals at some point, as well as the as well as some conservatives, you know. And, yeah. And so, like, well, here's yeah, here's so, what I've seen. I mean, I, I'm not as familiar with the uh, uh, politics uh, over there where you are, okay. Mm-hmm. But fo- following following what has happened here in the states with with uh, this most recent election, okay, mm-hmm. uh, and then the fallout from it. Here's what I've noticed. Now, I'm just one guy. This is not a scientific study. This is this is just anecdotal evidence. So take it for what it's worth. But it it's what I've noticed. Uh, uh, most of my online friends are Christian. In, in some nominal way, at least. And so, you know, that limits the sample size. But what I've seen is that even those who tend to be very, very vocal about their Christianity and very Jesus oriented, mm-hmm. they seem to be much more loyal to a particular political party than they are to. You know, those more foundational commitments, say, to Jesus and the way of of Jesus. So, so for example, you, you'll see somebody who on the surface is is arguing for the, you, you know, a, ve- a very stern, almost capitalistic type of Jesus. And you just need to scratch that surface a little bit and you'll realize, well, they're, they're just a, a Republican in Christian's clothing. I mean, that's all it is. You know, and they'll talk about the evils of abortion and how the Republican Party stands as the party of, you know, the you know right to life and pro-life and all this. And, but you scratch it just a little bit, and it's, it's Republican Christianity. But then on the other side— You'll get other folks who talk about love and inclusion and, you know, acceptance of all. And But if you scratch that just a little bit, you'll find out very quickly that a lot of those people are essentially just Democratic Party operatives. Because as soon as you say something like what you did, which is, well, you know, Jesus, Jesus would have an audience with Trump, too. And, and and Jesus would try to reach Donald Trump too. Some of those people will just turn their back on you and never talk with you again. And hmm. and you say, well, why? Well, because they're more committed to a certain political ideology than they are to the things that Jesus actually said and did. At least that's my take on it. I mean, I don't want to be too harsh hmm, that's so uh, interesting. because. We can all be blind to this kind of stuff, but I found it again and again and again. Yeah, that's right. I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't, you know, um, I, I don't know in, enough, obviously, about U.S. culture to know to know that or to be able to discern that, you know. Well, and I don't um, either. It's, I, I don't want to be unfair. Like I prefaced uh, this with, it's not a scientific study. I, I don't know how broad this problem goes. I'm just speaking about what my experience has been with, well, several thousand people anyway. Uh, it just see, it just seems like that is, it's such the mindset that, well, 
if you voted for Donald Trump, then that must mean you're not a Christian, basically. I've, I've heard that kind of thing said. So or it must mean that you're a racist. Or it must mean that you're, you know, just what it, list it all out. But then, but then when you really look at it, it you know, the, the number of people who voted for Barack Obama, our previous president, twice, hmm. who then turned around this year, you know, this last year and voted for Donald Trump is a huge number. Yeah. Now, now explain that is, exactly. is what I would say to these people who you know, make some of these outrageous claims. Explain why all these people did that. Did they all of a sudden become racist overnight? You know, did they yeah, did they exactly all of a sudden right. become Republicans overnight? No, yeah. they were fed up with a system that they felt like wasn't working for them. Yeah, and I think and part had, of yeah, yeah, I think part of the reason he got elected was that he was a yeah he was an anti-establishment candidate. You know, and um, I think there were there was an element of that. I really do because um, well, Hillary was an establishment candidate. <laughs> you know, um, I I still think if it had been another candidate um who was less an establishment figure um in the democratic nomination they think they would have probably won um bernie sanders yeah i, I mean we'll won. never know now right we, won't, no, we, we won't. just won't know we'll never know no um that's my opinion but uh, but I, I tend to agree with you though uh the the polling the polling that was taken before the election seemed to suggest uh, that Bernie Sanders w was a stronger candidate for the Democrats than Hillary Clinton would have been, but yeah. but then but then once she was the candidate, then the polling suggested that she was going to beat Donald Trump without too much trouble, and look what happened. I mean, she yeah, didn't. Exactly. Yeah. So true. who knows? Who knows? Yeah, you don't know. You just don't know, do you? So. Um and hey, look, we're talking politics. <laughs> it's all began with why we believe <laughs> what we, we believe. Do. Yeah, um, but it, but it, but it kind of it's an interesting topic to an interesting example to use of of why we believe. You know. Um, oh yeah. Because um, I think another reason we believe what we believe is because of our stories. And I think I touched okay. on this earlier. Like. Um, somebody who's been through certain experiences like abuse or grief or um you know always had yes. a, always had poor experiences with the church have been damaged by the church um or any kind of experience and usually a negative experience funnily enough um that will shape what they believe it will shape why they believe in whatever they believe um, and it will shape how they believe. Um, for me, like, you know, going through the, the loss of a parent was a massive moment in terms of my spiritual um, development. It was, yeah, it, it changed everything. Um, it shifted the ground. Um, I went to a talk on spiral dynamics two or three years ago by Rob Bell and um, he mentioned that, you know, when we shift from different stages, different levels of consciousness, and it's often a big disruption. Um, and, and, you know, and that was a big disruption. And it did, sh it did shift things, for sure. 
Um, it's funny, actually, I spoke to the guy who kind of came up with the idea of Spa Dynamics for this podcast last year, and he told me that um, if Trump gets elected, there's going to be a huge shift in consciousness. It's going to it's going to rip everything apart, and people are going to going to have to shift one way mm. or another. And that's exactly what's happened. It happened to me. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. You know. So, and it's interesting that these negative kind of experiences are what are what kind of shake us out of where we are and force us to look at things differently. Yeah, it's uh, our life experience is what gives birth to who we are. I mean, that's the things that we go through in life, sometimes the things we endure, you know, through great trials and suffering, that that is going to birth in us certain beliefs that, you know, we, we didn't exactly choose them, did we? So, you know, you're a young man, uh, you lose a parent. And now all of a sudden, the world looks different to you. And there's no way to put it back to how it was before. Mm. And maybe, you know, your understanding of God and who God is and what God is like, it, it, you, can't, you can't fit that back in the old box. Uh, because those experiences have so shaped you, it, everything is different. And I think that is... That is what the, uh, the, the, if you think about it, like in terms of a biblical story, mm. uh, t- t- take the story of uh, St. Paul. You know, here he is, a, uh, essentially a Jewish Pharisee, persecuting the, the very young Christian church, thinking that he is doing right by doing that. Mm. And then like a flash of lightning, an insight comes to him. And of course, the way the scriptures tell the story, it's God himself, Jesus, who comes to him. But be that as it may, in this this flash, he rethinks his entire worldview. Mm. And, And then emerges some odd years later as just a new man and becomes perhaps the greatest uh, Christian preacher the world has ever seen. And then and, and we've canonized, you know, depending on who you ask, some dozen or so of his letters to various churches as sacred scripture now. Mm. So, so, so how does somebody go from wanting to murder Christians to then perhaps being the most famous Christian who ever lived? Mm. Uh, it's not like he figured it out by sitting down and reading the Torah and reasoning his way into it. It it happened to him. One day he believed this, and the next day he believed a very different thing that that reshaped everything that came before it. And and so when you ask why, why do we believe? It goes back to grace. And isn't that what you wrote about in, in your book, yep. uh, Mosaic, Mosaic of Grace? Absolutely. That, that it's this, you know, God comes to us in a flash from outside of us. Mm. Or at least that's how we perceive it. It's it's not something that we earned or deserved or worked our way into, if, if I could speak like a good 
Protestant. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's something that that God has done out of His own fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit on our part. Uh, mm. So, you know, what? Why? Why do I believe what I believe? While I do think that we all have to take responsibility for ourselves and take responsibility for our beliefs, I don't think that we can take credit for them. Uh, yeah. I, I think that we're impacted by events and circumstances, and if you want to say, God, I won't object. And then we discover, oh my goodness, I do believe X, Y, and Z. Mm. So, I mean, at least those are my general thoughts on it. Yeah, it's an interesting topic, isn't it? Um, and so... Well, look, I've changed a lot over the years uh, on this type of stuff. Uh, I, I, You talked about certainty mm. a little bit before, and, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about certainty and, and, and writing on that topic a bit. Uh, but now these days... You know, when it comes to, say, religious beliefs, especially, you know, unprovable religious beliefs, the, the kind of stuff where, I mean, I, I can't necessarily convince somebody else that the things I believe are true. I mean, I believe them. What I have seen has convinced me, but it's not a mathematical formula. It's not like, well, hey, two plus two is four. Can't you see it, dummy? that's not how it works it's it's i've been convinced and i think it's enough and it's enough for me and i and i discover that i believe certain things but i don't know if i'm gonna if i'm gonna sway you i mean i've got my opinions but i could be wrong and yeah. what's more is I, I no longer believe that i can be certain of what's right I have come to a spot in my life where I have embraced doubt as part of faith. That I don't, I don't think faith is possible apart from doubt. No. So, you know, with unprovable religious beliefs, I've, I, I, sure, there are some things I believe, and we could get into that. And we could talk about it, and I, and I could give you some reasons, you know, why I believe what I believe there. But at the end of the day, those might not convince you. Yeah, and, exactly. And so, so then where do we go from there? And, and what I've come to is, is you got to go to more solid ground, like things like love and grace and mercy. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with those things. Mm. It, it really, you know, somebody can say, Boy, did Jesus really rise from the dead? I don't know. I, that, that's a tough one to swallow, right? I mean, a dead guy gets up out of the tomb and he's alive again and went, really? And, and there's 2,000 years between us and that event, and all we have are some old dusty documents, and, and we got to take the word of some of these people who wrote them. And, and you know, now, now I could go with you through all of the apologetic reasons why hey, I think that the historical case for the resurrection of Jesus is actually pretty solid, and I think you should believe it too. But how strong is that case? I mean, is it is it 50-50? Is it a toss-up? Is it that strong? Is it 51%? Is it 52? You know, wherever that number falls down, it still falls 
very far short of being conclusive proof. Yeah. And, and so you say, well, then, if that's where I'm going to ground my whole life, then it's kind of unstable. Yeah. It's really, it's really not that firm there. But when you talk about things like love and grace and mercy, mm. now I might not be able to prove those either. Yeah. But mo- but most people are already convinced of that stuff anyway. And that's already sort of where they live anyway. Even if they don't live up to it, they know mm. it's better to love than to not love. It's better to forgive than to not forgive. Mo- most people do tend to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, I, I, yeah, I, the thing that sprung to my mind is that you know, we can't, faith and certainty don't exist in the same, can't exist in the same space because faith by definition is, is is something that you cannot be certain of. It's something that you have to, like when you have faith in something, you don't have all the evidence. You don't have all the answers. You don't have all the, like it's not all the ducks lined up in a row. It's not everything is is there. There is mystery. There is doubt. There is uncertainty there is more to explore there is risk you know um that is the very nature of faith you know when we say live by faith yeah that's right you know when we say live by faith we don't mean mean we we cover that everything is certain we mean we have to trust that god will provide you know um because it's not certain um so yeah sorry you were going to say something well, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry about the overlapping. But, yeah, but um, right. you know, so some people will use uh, what we just articulated there as kind of an excuse to believe many old thing. And, and I think that would be inappropriate, too. I mean, the, the, there are there are some things that we can be more sure about than others. And, and there are some things where we can give, you know, solid reasons and evidence. But but so many things are not like that. So many things we do just take on faith. I mean, if you had to investigate every single thing before you, like, for example, there's a bridge in front of you. Perhaps you've heard this illustration before. Right. And there's, there's a bridge in front of you, and you have to drive your car over it. Well, you know, I just tend to trust the engineers that they knew what they were doing and the people who built that bridge and then the government who had to inspect it to make sure it's strong enough to hold, you know, X number of cars drive over it every day for years on end. You know, I just trust them. I believe they've done the work. I'm pretty sure this bridge is going to hold me. And so on faith, I drive over the bridge. And And that is how almost all of our life is. Yeah. I mean, we live by we live by faith every day with almost everything we do. And so yeah. I don't want to oppose faith yeah. and reason. It's not like faith fills in the gap where reason leaves off. No, it's faith that makes reason possible in the first place. Faith that makes reason yeah. possible. I mean, that's how I would look at it. I love that. Uh, others may may disagree, but but be right. In terms of you know, great example of faith when you when you when you get on a plane, you sure. you have to trust that first the plane is going to work, 
that's going to keep you in the air. It's not going to break down. If it breaks down, then you're in trouble. And second, the the pilot knows what he's doing. <laughs> you yeah. know, and he's not going to make a mistake or turn out to be a terrorist or whatever. Right. You, you get on a plane and you trust all these things. Like, you know, and it's faith. Because it's not certain. Yeah. We, del- we kind of convince ourselves that it is certain because these sort of bad things never rarely, if ever, happen. But mm-hmm. they still could happen. That's why. Oh, we, yeah. Why do you think they let us, they make us take travel insurance out when we go away? Because they could yeah. happen, and if they do happen, then the companies that run those planes <coughs> want us to have insurance so that they don't have yeah. to foot the bill for it. You know. Um, you know. So they want us to be protected. So it's. You know. So nothing is a hundred percent certain. Like, I mean, not much is 100% certain. Well, in fact, I mean, in fact, I would argue that measuring, you know, at that fine grade, you know, that was 80% certain, is 70% certain, is 90% certain. I really think it depends on what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I mean, some things are, are kind of binary. Like, you know, is the light in the room on or is the light in the room off? Well, there's light in the room, so it must be on. Okay, it's on, right? <laughs> Yeah, but then, uh, but then, some, yes. th- you know, sometimes stuff is on a dimmer switch. Well, you know, it's on, but it's it's not very bright in there. Maybe you could turn it up, and and yeah. we just need to know what we're talking about. So, so if you ask me, uh, uh, are the specific historical claims of Christianity true? Okay, well, I'm I'm fairly confident that Jesus existed. But yeah. uh, maybe okay. it's not the same kind of confidence that, that I have when I know that James Prescott exists, right? Because I'm talking with you on the phone right now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, did Jesus rise from the dead? Well, I mean, I'm certain enough to make some moves on that. I'm certain enough to act on it and to, to live a certain way because of it. Uh, but... But am I as certain of that as as I am of, uh, say, our friendship? I don't know. I mean, how would I put those two things in competition anyway? I, exactly. I don't. I don't know. I mean, that, that this is so. Yeah. So some things, just the very nature of the subject, it means that you can you can only be so sure and no more. The. the you know, if you really want to get down to it, about the only thing that we can be certain of is that we exist, that I exist. Like, I know I exist, right? This is Descartes. You know this stuff. I know that I yes. exist. I think, therefore, I am. Therefore, I am. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. But, now, but I'm, yeah. a little, I'm a little less certain that you exist. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, what, fair. If, what if we're in the Matrix, right? You know the movie back from the late '90s. Yeah, uh, I know the Matrix. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, one of my what, that's what? actually one of my favorite movies because of the because one of the core questions at the heart of that movie is what is real. You know, it's one of my favorite questions. You know, that's why I like Inception as well. It's like, what's real? You know, really? You know? Yes. This is that. That's a, this is a whole other episode. Um, but you know, like that even if we are in the matrix 
what we're hearing and feeling and experiencing is real to us. Sure. And it makes us feel a certain way and it changes us. It shapes us. So therefore, whether it physically is real or not, it's still real to us. This is why I always talk about, there's no people talk about in real life or online or whatever, as if there's the <laughs> different things. It's like, if you have a relationship with somebody online, whether they're a real person or not, and you're emotionally invested in it, and it's changing you, and it's impacting who you are, and it's impacting your life, then it's real, whether it actually, it's, you know, that's it. That's all, that's that's the qualification for it being real. Yes. You know. Real real relationships in the virtual world yes. are possible. See, yes, I, say, I say that, that you have digital relationships, and you have physical face-to-face relationships, and sometimes there's a crossover between the two. And I think, and my, and this is kind of going off on a tangent a little bit, but um, that my my opinion on this is that human beings can live without digital interaction, but we can't live without physical interaction. That we need physical interaction and physical relationships of some kind. Otherwise, we'll just get stuck stuck being hermits and you know get depressed and you know um, not be able to live a healthy kind of life. That's my my perspective on that. Um, you know, one of my little bugbears is when people say, oh, um, I want to know about these people I've met in re- my real life friends, as opposed to my, like, what, say, like your fake <laughs> friends who you just talk to on Facebook who aren't real people because you, because right. I just, you know, but anyway, I, that's just another, I, that's another whole topic. But, um, yeah, that struggle, that struggle that people have with, uh, relationships on social media, it seems to me it's not it's not that the relationships aren't real, although that's the way that they would say it. You know that that's how they articulate. Ah, those relationships aren't real. But I think deep down, what's really going on is that those relationships are shallow, and and they're not very you know they're not multifaceted, right? Mm. Because you just have. Uh, short comments on, say, yeah. a Facebook post, or worst on Twitter, and, and so so you're not catching the full rounded orb of that this person actually is. You're just getting little slivers, and there isn't the voice, and there isn't the face, and there isn't the touch, and and in uh, the range of conversations. I mean, you know, the the topics are different when you're online as opposed to. You know, if you and I were sitting in a in a pub right now, this might be a very different experience. Yeah. And yeah, you know, just the even the fact that we're having this conversation over the phone instead of face to face means that it will be different. So yeah. You know, my apologies. I just couldn't get to London. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I couldn't get to wherever. Where do you live? <laughs> yeah, I'm in Northeast Ohio in the United States. Yeah, I couldn't get there either. You know. Um... My plane broke down. No, <laughs> my private plane broke down. No, no sadly not. Um, I don't have a private plane, but um, um, but yeah, I mean, and actually, this whole thing about what is real and everything, we will do. I'll do an episode on this. I will. Um, this will be another question that. I no, that'd at, be interesting. I'd love to hear what you have to say. But I think there's a dimension. Yeah, that'd be great. I think there's an element to that question where where Jesus comes in. It's like, well, okay, we none of us have physically met jesus you know apart from those people who've had those weird out of body experiences or death you know like they died for a bit and then whatever 
Um, my mum went into a coma and met Jesus, walked with him by Galilee, came back out of her coma. Um, but apart from those ones, none of us actually met Jesus in person. So we don't know what he looked like. We don't know what he sounded like. We don't know what food he liked. We don't know what, we don't know little stories about his life, you know? We don't hear uh, many yeah, stories about yeah. his life. We don't know about his relationship with his brothers. We don't know about his relationship with his parents. You know, there's so right. much we don't know about Jesus. So what is real about Jesus for us? You know, that's 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 a question for another episode. But um, <laughs> You're right. I mean, actually doing this series, I have to say, has brought up more questions for me, which is a really good thing. Um, oh, that's awesome! That's I think, great. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a I think time that's limit. What you on, want? Yeah, it is exactly what I want. Yeah, and I don't think there's going to be a time limit on this series. I think it's just going to go on and on because we'll just get more questions and more questions, and want to go back to other questions as well. Um, well, you know, the, you know James, so the, the very great. greatest, the greatest thinkers, right? Really smart uh, men and women. They've said that the more they study the more they realize just how little they know and how yeah. little they're ever likely to know. Mm. And, and, and I think that that goes right to the heart of what the, what the church has always called mystery. You know, contrary to popular assumption, a mystery is not something that we haven't encountered and so we don't know it yet. A, a mystery is something that we have encountered and still don't know. Uh, the deeper we move into a mystery, the more we realize that the, the deep just opens up to a huge abyss and we can never get all the way down to the bottom. I mean, think about something as mundane as uh, researching a topic, uh, uh, say, on Wikipedia. I mean, you click a link and that opens up an article. Yeah. And then in that article, there's hyperlinks that open up to other articles. That's that, It's like, well, you need to know that stuff in order to grasp the topic. And then each of those secondary articles open up into others and on and on and on. It goes, like, forever. Yeah. You, you never finish a research project. You just finally get to the point where you feel comfortable abandoning it. I mean, that that's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, right. and so when we talk about religious beliefs, you know, sh should we really be all that surprised that God is a mystery? No. I mean, that we're going to have that all figured out? Really? Do we really think that? I mean, yeah. I think, theology yeah. is not about how much you know. Because God is always, on some level, unknown to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah. I mean, you know, the psalmist says his greatness is unsearchable. And Paul tells us no one comprehends the thoughts of God. And John tells us in his gospel, no one has ever seen God. I mean, can you imagine? That's mm. a pretty audacious claim. No one has ever seen God. Had he not read the Old Testament? <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, the point he's making is well taken. It's it's it, God. There's a depth there that no matter how much you look into it, there will always be something more to see. Yes. And yes. Um, yes. I think that's true. That's true of each each one of us. Yeah. I mean, is there any way that I could really fully know you, James? No. No. I think the, the longer we're together, the the more there will be that I want to know. 
Yeah, and I, again, I mean, I'm not married, um, but um, mm-hmm. the married couple, the couples that I know that have been married a long time, or any length of time, kind of, I've, I've got that impression that, you know, that the longer they're together, the less they realise they know about each other, and they just, there's always, they're always learning new things about each other. And yep. they're always curious to learn new things about each other. And... And that's like again, it's like a metaphor, isn't it, for our relationship with with the divine, with God. It's just um, we're always learning more. There's always a mystery to, you know, if we if we think we get to one the end of one mystery, there's another one. You know. Well, yeah, that uh, that just, marriage metaphor, you know, does happen to be a pretty popular New Testament metaphor for for what the religious life is. Hmm. You know, Christ and the church, right? The, the, he's the groom, the church is the bride, and uh, yeah, that's a that's a very apt metaphor. We, we never, you never get the other one all the way figured out, and you're not supposed to. Mm. It, uh, the, the point is journeying together, yes. w- walking together, and and living in relationship. Yeah. At least that's what I think, right? Maybe maybe <laughs> others will think think differently on yeah. it. I, I, I think it's great. I this has been really really great. Um, yeah, um, we could probably talk for about five or six hours about this and <laughs> not get bored. Um, so we'll definitely have you back on the podcast, Daniel. <laughs> probably more than <laughs> once um, during this series. Um, um, yeah, thank you for coming on and sharing. Um, it's been really great having you here. Yeah, that uh, my pleasure to be able to talk to you like this, and and sure hope to have a chance to be able to do it again. That that'd be wonderful. Yeah, it definitely will be. So um, yeah, I hope you've all liked this, everyone. I'd love to get your feedback as well. Um, you know, leave messages. Um, yeah, tweet me or email me at james at jamesprescott.co.uk. Um, leave Facebook comments or blog comments. Um, tweet me at James Prescott seventy seven. Um, I want you to be part of this series as well, and hear what your questions that you have and your responses too. So do get involved. Um, this is a journey we're all on together. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs>